From the Vaults, audio from Edmonton's past. This recording consists of an interview of John Hogan conducted by David Leonard on December 6th, 1977. This material was originally recorded on a 5-inch open reel tape and was digitized by an archivist on October 14th, 2020. This interview is being conducted on the 6th of December, 1977, with Mr. John Hogan. Uh, famed for his activities with the Edmonton Ski Club. Now, perhaps, John, we start by asking you uh, where you were born and when you were born. Yes, I was born in Hedal, Telemark, in Norway, mm-hmm. in 15th of August, 1890. 1890, yeah. Yeah, so that makes me 87 years old. Yeah, well, no. Before you certainly don't look at it. <laughs> so, well, Telemark, yeah, and that's famed for its uh, skiing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that's the great ski country around Telemark. Mm-hmm. Did you learn to ski there before you came? I to learned Edmonton? to ski there. Yes. I see. I started skiing when I was five years old. Uh huh. Yeah. My father. He was a skier too, but uh, he didn't do any jumping. Just. To cross-country skiing, and yeah, then mm-hmm. them days when he was a young fellow, they, they were very little jumping done, most of cross-country. Mm-hmm, great. Uh, and uh, he made skis in the winter time because he was a, he was a, uh, he made log houses mm-hmm. for people, and right. other houses too, yeah. but in the winter time, there wasn't much to do in outside, and mm-hmm. he was making skis, and he but could get rid of them too. They were all handmade skis, you know, and uh-huh. they were pretty good. He's a craftsman at that, then, eh? Cross-country skis, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. But and the first pair I had was a, well, there was a cross-country and, and touring skis, with just a short pair. Uh-huh. I had them when I was five years old. Uh-huh. <coughs> and you helped your father this profession too, I expect. Eh? Yes, yes, I did help them some. I couldn't do very much, but this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, what year did you, uh, did your family decide to move to Canada? <clears throat> well, uh, my brother's older brother, Hans, he immigrated to Canada. Oh, that must have been uh, 19... Uh, eight or nine, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was over here quite a few years. He worked for the Edmonton City. Mm-hmm. What, what did uh, he do for the city? As a lineman on the telephone. On the telephone department. City telephone. Right. Yeah. And he came back home in 1909 to get married. Hmm. <laughs> guess he couldn't find a girl to shoot him over here, yeah. so he came back to Norway. There were too many here at that time. <laughs> yeah. And he stayed home till in the next uh, eight, about a year, and he decided he wanted to go back to Canada. Mm-hmm. And he told me to go along with him. Well, I had a job at the time, and well, no, only says, come along with me, he said, you can pick up dollars on the street in Canada. <laughs> well, uh, I don't think he ever picked up very many like that. <laughs> yeah. But I could see. So, you know, yeah, I ran with them. 
19 years old, then, eh? Alice was, yes. There were just the three of you that went back, and his wife, he, and yourself. Not his wife, not, not oh, just, just the two of you. Just a brother, and I am uh, and a neighbor boy. Mm-hmm. So there were three of us. Yeah. yeah. What was the neighbor's name? The neighbor's, uh, uh, Ole Smetrud. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of O's in Norway, you know. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is this Smith Rude. Oh, this Smith He's the son of a farmer over there. And, uh, uh, and he, he settled in Edmonton as well, did he? No, he went to Montana. Oh, I uh, see. We come back, we come over on the same boat. And uh, he got off line somewhere and he went to Montana because he had some relations there. He had a brother there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Hans died, we come right to Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, Hans got his job back and, uh, well, I guess it must have been uh, him talking. I also got a job there, but... Uh, With the telephone department? The telephone department. I see. And, uh, my brother Hans, he was sliding, you know, getting good money, but I was, uh, I had to start as a garment, mm-hmm. digging holes. Uh, yeah. Post holes and anchor holes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in 1910, when we started there, and we, we, we come here in September, I think. Uh-huh. It was all, the weather was all right then, but uh, later on, about Christmas, we got terrible cold. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were 60 below for three weeks, right here oh, in yeah. London. Whether it's gotten written now, it's nothing new then. <laughs> <laughs> for three weeks, it was 60 below. Yeah, for three and weeks, it was 60 below. A lot of, well, we, we didn't have to work outside, but uh, sometimes we did. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess you were fortunate being Norwegians. If you'd come from someplace like Spain or somewhere, <laughs> it really would have yeah. been evident to you. <laughs> but the digging... Digging these holes, you have to dig down six feet. You well, you're you're doing this in the winter time as well, eh? Yes. Just with the hand auger and with, with the hand, they didn't have auger. We had a bar, a whole a big steam oh, bar, and God. a spoon. You could only chop off a little bit of hide on the ground. So it took us a long time to dig a hole, post hole or anchor hole. We had to dig anchor hole too, which was uh, six feet wide mm-hmm. and six feet down, mm-hmm. and it took us. All three and four days to dig a hole like that, you know, if it throws it right down. Right, yeah. Gosh, that must have been but, uh, miserable working. You have to, when you start with a company of any kind, you have to start at the bottom and uh, right, have yeah. to do the same. Because uh, at, at that time, the city, we worked, uh, we worked on the south side. Strathcona was called, is that right? Oh, you worked, well, you would have been working for the city of Strathcona? Oh no, that's right. The telephone was still administered yeah. by Edmonton in yeah. Strathcona. In Strathcona, yeah. Right. But in 1912, the government took it over. No, it, it was in 1912. It was actually before 1912. It worked for the government. Uh-huh. But in 1912, the city took it over. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Because uh, we started in 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 the fall of 1910. Mm-hmm. Well, coming to Edmonton, mind you, the norm- northern climate would be quite some of your climate, but yes. aside from that, there certainly must have been a lot of difference between Edmonton and your own place in Telemark. 
Oh, yeah. what, what were the more outstanding uh, differences in the lifestyle of the people here as opposed to Norway that you can recall? Oh, I don't know if it's much different in lifestyle. It's, I think it's just about the same thing. Everybody got to work for a living and uh-huh. and uh, the wages wasn't very good at that time, even in Norway. Mm-hmm. And they weren't very really good here either in 1910. Not too good here either. Though. No, they no. got the 25 cents an hour, which is top money for a labor. That's right. That's what I started with. Yeah. And then gradually worked up to become a lineman and get more money. But uh, yeah. were, th- were there many Norwegians in Edmonton at this time? Yeah, so much for a few. And there was a lot coming in the crest. There was a boob in it on building boob. Oh, I know that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And. Uh, a lot of them was coming in, and we found out later on that it was, uh, oh, there was uh, five, six skiers that come here as carpenters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they didn't know that. We didn't know that to start with. Mm-hmm. But you soon found them. Yeah, we soon found out. You know, yeah. went to dances and stuff like that. We met them. Did you stay together as a group pretty well? My brother and I stayed together, and in, in, we lived in a shack. On the north side of the river. Oh yeah, well what street would that be? That was on the... Uh, it was between 95th and 96th feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on 110th Avenue. 110th Avenue. Yeah. Uh-huh. That shack belonged to uh, one of my brother's uh, uh, chums. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. But he had moved away from there. He had moved down to, to Montana. Mm-hmm. This far, so. But the stand, uh, the shack was empty, and they said they could, they could use it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we stayed there for, and we had to come over the south side for a job every morning. Yeah. We well, took the streetcar. Took the streetcar. Yeah. Went across the little double bridge. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this time. If I recall correctly, just south of where you would be living, it was uh, even at that time associated with a uh, certain lifestyle. The uh, great number of houses of ill fame towards the Jasper Avenue area on 95th, 96th Street. I know in ni- between 1912 and 1914, a lot of houses were raided, and it was quite an issue at this time. The uh, the prostitution and all that. Oh yes. I, I thought, you know that would be south of your area. Yeah. Was it noticeable at all to you? Because in in the Norwood area, 1914, a lot of the residents took up a petition against the raids that were carried on by the police because there was a big crackdown. And if I recall correctly, they were sort of going into every house in the north side of the city at that in that area. You recall any of uh, any of this? going on at all? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we heard there was some. I know there's a police chief, Lancey, or Lancey, involved in this. And, uh, Can't can't remember that. I just recall it was quite an issue at the time. Yeah. No, yeah. But, um, when you were living there, they, uh, must have been just building the railway, the Grand Trunk Railway through you recall? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
I recall that. That must have been quite a quite an event. Oh yeah. the horses. Yeah. <laughs> this was that was a lot of people killed in that uh, attic. Oh, is that right? To the to the mountain. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. When they got into the mountain. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, well, okay. You uh, how long did you stay in that uh, that area of town? That would be the Norwood <coughs> area. In the Norwood area. Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't remember how long we stayed there. Not too, no, not too long. Mm -hmm. uh, we moved over, we got a room, boarding room at the, at the hotel on White Avenue. Oh, I forget the name of the, forget the name of the hotel now. Would be the Strathcona? It was next to the Strathcona. Oh, oh. Strathcona was on the corner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, that would have been the, uh... Oh, my gosh. I can't... Yeah. I can't. It, it had a funny little turret on the top. Is the building that's, still there? That building is still there, yes. Oh, but there's no, there's no hotel anymore. Oh, I know that, yes. The Acme Meat Market yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> Dominion. Dominion. Dominion hotel. Hotel. That's right. right, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a... Yeah. It's a strange-looking building, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, at, at that time, you, you got board and room for $7 a, a week. Yeah. See? Yeah, that's good. Which was pretty good. Yeah. Compared to what it is now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very much, yeah. Did you ever uh, hear why the Dominion Hotel was constructed in this almost oriental fashion? It looks oriental, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know when it yeah, was constructed. Yeah, I, I was asking this offhand, because I know of all the buildings, older buildings I'm going to ask, but this one here is sort of stands out as very peculiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you stayed at the Dominion Hotel for a while, then. We stayed there, yeah, uh -huh. for, uh, oh, I guess about a couple of years. Then my brother decided to go back to Norway. Hmm. And, uh... To get his family. To get his family? Yes, that's right. He went oh, back yeah. to Norway. And then he returned to Canada afterwards? He didn't return right away, but he, he did come back to... Uh, he didn't come to Canada. He come to Montana. Because, oh, I see. Yes. Yeah, we had some good friends that hadn't moved... hadn't um, immigrated to, to Montana. Mm -hmm, right. So he went down there. Mm -hmm. uh, and he took up a homestead there in, mm -hmm. in Montana. Right. I also took up a homestead, and yeah, at that time, you could buy a relinquishment, what they call a relinquishment, you paid just a few dollars to, mm -hmm. to hold, uh, write the file on the homestead. Mm -hmm. And you had to clear the land? You were supposed to clear the land, yes, and do so much work on it. I, uh, I didn't stay there, I just went down and, and filed on this homestead, and I, and, uh, I come back to Edmonton mm -hmm. because I was uh, I was uh, settled here. I had a good job with the sure. my telephone. Sure. Yes, I wasn't uh, digging holes anymore. I was a lineman. Oh, that's improvement, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> well, wh where was the homestead anyway? It was uh, 30 miles from Grace Falls, a place called Button. I see. Yeah. 
Yeah, as we said. <laughs> I'll never forget, uh, it was a town they called Dutton, small town, and every Sunday, all these young fellas, cowboys, they used to gather there and have a real uh, show, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, bucking the rodeo. Yeah, bucking the rodeo on Sunday. <laughs> I hadn't done much riding, but uh, my... Uh, there was one fellow, like, the fellow that come from Norway with us, he had uh, settled down there, and he, he he claimed he was a good rider. He's a tall fellow, he was uh, over six foot. Uh -huh. And they got him up on the Bronco, and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, some of the... Some of these uh, cowboys, I gave the Bronco uh, uh, a shout, he was, he was uh, used to a guess, and away he went, you see? And they bucked him right off. <laughs> Did you ride yourself at all? So, somebody said to me, well, why don't you try it, Johnny? No, oh. I says, I'm not a rider. I, said, I used to ride, but not a damn on a horse and a saddle before. Oh. oh, they said nothing to that. They said, in the saddle. So they got me up on the saddle, and the, the stirrups were too long for me, you see. Mm -hmm. I, got, well, I got short legs. But they got them... They got me into, I didn't have to reach the surf. I got my foot into something there. And uh, I got on a the horse there and uh, they hadn't told me about the horse. I found out after, but when you pulled on the, on the lines, mm -hmm. not the lines, but the... The, the reins? Yes, the reins. Yeah, the horse will go the faster, the, the harder you pull, the faster the horse will go. <laughs> they hadn't told me that. <clears throat> and I got in and they give a shout and away went the horse and I started to pull. The more I pulled, the faster he went. <clears throat> and he went for about by a fence. And that boy, oh boy, he, he just gave a good bucket over and then over the fence. And that was on my head on the other side of the fence. <laughs> <laughs> and the horse went. Mm -hmm. I was about... A mile, I guess, from the, from town now, you know, before mm -hmm. they go pretty fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So I, had, I had to find my way back, which was in the far, I could still see town over there, you know, but mm -hmm. I was a mile away from it. Yeah. And there's all kinds of uh, rattlesnakes down there. Oh, yeah, there would be, yeah. Yes. I, I could hear them rattlesnakes, you know, when I was walking yeah. back. And yeah. yeah, I hear them coming up, you know, they make a rattle, and, mm -hmm. and then they come up. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was really early. <laughs> He's back there. <coughs> so but you only stayed down in Montana just a short while. Just a short while, yeah. But my, I had another brother that was, had immigrated to Montana, and he, mm -hmm. him and another fellow had started the butcher shop there. And, mm -hmm. and they wanted me to stay there, and also my brother had. Mm -hmm. But uh, we decided, no, Hans says, we'll go back to Edmonton. He said, that's God's country. He says, mm -hmm. this is not. Mm -hmm. So we went back and we come back here in September, late in, late in the fall. Mm -hmm. right. So I say, uh, like I said before, he got a job and I, I got a job. Mm -hmm. yeah. So uh, when you came back, where did you live? Let's come back. I forget. Yeah. I, uh, 
Genesis. Well, after my brother went back to Norway, I uh, I got a job on the transit system. Oh yes, a big car. Yeah, yeah. I have a lineman for the city department. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and, uh huh. And of course, I stayed there for forty-five years mm-hmm. right. as a lineman. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, uh, all this time you've been working for the city. Was there any union activity at all? Oh yes, Mostly there was. Right? Oh yes. Uh-huh. No, yeah, strike. but no strikes. There is. I only took part in one strike. One strike. I was on the Swiss Railway. Uh-huh. I worked four years on the Federal Telephone and I worked uh, 40 years on the... Oh, a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah on the Federal Telephone. Yeah, when was the strike, do you saw? Approximately? Approximately? No, I couldn't say. There was in the... It was in the 40s, but I can't think of exactly oh, yeah. the, 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 the number. That way, yeah. The strike didn't last very long. No, no. Usually didn't know those days. Used not this neck of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> well, when did you meet uh, Mrs. Hogan? That was uh, before I started on the uh, street railway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her mother had the, uh, had the place down on the place of life. Mm-hmm. Board. Took in borders. Oh, I see. Yes. Because there were two of these. There's another Norwegian in the state there, too. Oh, I see. She was Norwegian as well, was she? Yes. I see. Well, uh, what was her maiden name, then? She, uh, no, she, she never was in Norway. She, she was born here. here but she, from... She was born here. here. Norwegian parents, though. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Oh, yes. What, what, what was her... Oh yes, the great countries. What was her maiden name then? Um, Simonson, yes. Her name is Simonson. Yeah. We got married in 1916. 1916. Yeah. Now, uh, when you arrived in Edmonton, that was, as you said before, the times were booming and uh, population was increasing at a fantastic rate. Yet in 1913, they had a uh, financial collapse here in town and in 1914 with the war a lot of people started to move out yes and uh, did this affect uh, you at all the decline in business that's got to be hard times you know after after yeah. the war yeah either war started in 1914 you know yeah. 13. yeah 14 yeah. yeah oh yes everybody everybody remember that it was hard times and uh-huh. hard your job Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, a lot of people couldn't uh, couldn't pay their taxes. Right, and they had to foreclose some property. That's right. The city took over a bunch of property, mm-hmm. and the finally got so much property they couldn't uh, well, they had to get rid of it, so they sold it at the bargain. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, at this time as well, you were of course very heavily involved in skiing. Yes. Now, when did you, when you arrived here, of course, you were very proficient at skiing. But did you take up skiing right away, 1910? No, I didn't take up skiing 1910. I didn't have no skis. I guess you couldn't get them. Out and here, you could couldn't you? buy, you couldn't buy skis there's or no, ski equipment. There's no skiing at all. No. What's that? 
No, but uh, uh, I found out there was a, there was an Norwegian carpenter that had made some keys. So I went to him and then just uh, I want you to make a pair of skis for me. And he had a he had a pair of skis there used for a sample one. Yeah. And I and I went and bought a lumber oak, uh -huh. an old plank, an oak plank. I bought for me a lumber yard up on Ninth Street. Yeah. Do you remember the fellow's name? Who made the skis? Huh. So you actually had one of the uh, first skis in Edmonton, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, there, there was some some young fellow here before me. In fact, there was quite a few of them that come in here as carpenters, and and From Norway. some of them had yeah. brought skis with them. I see, yeah. But three or four of them had brought skis with them. Yeah, I suppose they'd be going down the. The river hills and various areas yeah, of the town, right? They were doing cross country skiing mostly and, uh -huh. and some hill skiing. But so uh, when I got my skis, that was in the, in the spring of of 1911. Mm -hmm. You see, and uh, uh, there was quite a few that uh, there was about a half a dozen years of skiers there then, mm -hmm. and we used to go. We used to go skiing on the Sundays, uh, and uh, mostly, and at night too. Mm -hmm. But we used to go up to uh, uh, ah. Mm -hmm. ah, let's see if we get that. Yeah, the city golf course or where it is now. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. city golf course. Who were some of the other fellows that went skiing with you this time? Oh, that was. Uh, Terminal, who's still alive today? Yes. Uh -huh. And uh, Captain Thorne was another one. He used to go skier. Uh -huh. Oh, if I get some of that name, there was even a, and the girl there used to go there skiing. Uh -huh. Most of the time they went to on the golf links on on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, and uh, that's where we met because the the hillway on 12th Street is good for downhill skiing. Mm -hmm. uh, we done some downhill skiing and some cross-country skiing. Mm -hmm. And uh, last year, after we formed the Edmonton Ski Club, now this was what year? In, in 1911. 1911. Yes. So it was pretty well exclusively Norwegians in the original Edmonton Ski yes, Club. Yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. We formed the club. And uh, they weren't very sure whether the public would support us or not, but uh, we decided to have a tournament on the 112 Street Hill by the golf links, mm -hmm. which uh, we had <coughs> before the tournament. Of course, we had to get the hill ready, and, uh, and we had to cut down some trees, which we did without uh, asking anybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right on the golf links. <coughs> they had to build the the train was come uh, come along the along the hill there they the hill from yeah. uh, over the bridge. Yeah, but then you've gone to the Pacific Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You should go up to Twenty First Street. Mm 
Then North yeah. University. Huh? You remember that? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember about it, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and it was just a freight train at that time, and I don't yeah. know, I think it was when the train was abandoned there too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, we decided to have this tournament there, and uh, uh, that was the last, uh, last Sunday in 1911, mm-hmm. which was the first ski tournament held in the West. In all of Western Canada? So far as we knew, yeah. Uh-huh. It was the first event, but anyway, and we, uh, we didn't know there was a ski club in Ottawa, Ottawa but somebody said there was. They wrote to Ottawa, but they didn't get the answer, so we figured out that we asked them to come there with big right. part in the first tournament. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Who, who won the tournament? Well, it was, uh, we sent, uh, sent, uh, we had a piece in the paper. The paper was good to us, they helped us to advertise the, the uh, tournament, and also to ask skiers from outside that want to come into to uh, the city that they will be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So them days it was hard, you know, for people to go on trains and stay in hotels. Right. Yeah. And uh, there was a lot of Norwegian people here, you see, and they would take in some of these skiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Careful. So. Uh, well, we had the tournament on a, on a Sunday afternoon, as I say, I forget the, da- uh, the date tournament. Pardon? It, it, it was just before New Year's, 1911. I see, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was a Camel Ski Club. I, we don't know if they had this club for that time, but they had quite a few skiers. They were asked to to take part in the tournament. Yeah. And they heard there were some skiers at the Enbrisle, north of, west of Edmonton. Yeah. And uh, they were notified about the tournament because they come, I think it was four and they took part in the tournament from Enbrisle. Mm-hmm. And it was about uh, eight or seven or eight from Canada. What's that winning? And we had and we had about the same amount of skiing in Edmonton at that time, at that time because uh, skiing come on you know, like a house on fire. Right, yeah. yeah. After they, uh, as I said, we didn't know whether Edmonton would uh, be interested in skiing, but that Sunday, it was the snow was up to your knees, and these people can walking down the hill there, wading in skis, yeah, yeah, up to their knees to take part in that tournament. Yeah, and there was about two hundred other people taking part in that first tournament held in Edmonton. Yeah, and while uh, after the tournament had started, uh, we seen a train coming along the hill there. Yeah. And it was going west, yeah, in the middle of the hill, <laughs> and we had fixed up the hill and uh, piled snow onto the tracks so the train get, could get going. You see, mm-hmm. we had to, had to fill up that hole mm-hmm. where the, where the train track was because there was a cut cut sure. there. You see, and uh, we had to fill that into snow. And when the train come on course, they see that snow and they stopped. <laughs> we said, now what's going to happen now? We figured we would have to clean out all that snow so they could get going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just what happened. 
the president of the ski club, he went up and spoke to the fella and he happened to know one of them. And he says, uh, you probably got to wait till that we have this uh, 25th tournament, we haven't got uh, far to go. <laughs> <coughs> because of course, they had one run already, you see, that they right. make two or three runs on the ski Right. So uh, they were good enough to stay there until we got the stool all cleaned off. And the people stayed there, they didn't go away, they didn't, they didn't leave the tournament. It was only, well, just about half over. Right, yeah. So they stayed. And we were surprised that we expected to see all of them pull out at all when the, when right. the train stopped. But they didn't. Right. Who was the uh, president of the ski club at this time? That, that was uh, Captain Flom. Hawk and Flom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was president of the vice president was uh, Gilbert Simon. Sernan, mm-hmm. uh, Gilbert Sernan. Yeah. I was the recording secretary of the club. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, we were surprised to see the people that turn out there and they, and they write up the gut in the paper on the, on the Monday. They were really something. Mm-hmm. That's the first tournament that a lot of people had seen, first ski jumping they'd seen. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I say, there was a good crowd and they seemed to enjoy it. And so did other people start taking up skiing? At, after, after that, it seems that, yeah, they, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the year after, the 1912, the figure that hit that hill on Bobby Lawson was too small, so mm-hmm. we couldn't uh, jump very far. Uh, hun- I think the longest jump was 100, 105 feet. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too bad in, in at that time, you know, because in Norway at that time they didn't jump much over a hundred feet. No. I took part in several tournaments in Norway. Mm-hmm. But uh, we were all tickled with the write-up the paper gave us, and uh, uh, the ski club, uh, they really got a rest, because there were a lot of them had taken a notion to take up skiing, mm-hmm. and it wasn't long before we had cut a crowd belonging to the ski club. Right. And we had uh, we had tournaments every winter. And in 1915, we had the Dominion Championship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had to be they had to be four clubs represented to, mm-hmm. to be able to hold a Dominion Championship. Uh-huh. We wrote to Ottawa and asked them to send skiers up here, if they had any, mm-hmm. and none come. By, but that time, there were skiers of the door uh, organized in, in uh, one in, uh, in Peace River country. Bands had been organized at Calgary. Mm-hmm. And there was even the skiers in Rebethoke, that was an organized ski club at the time. From where? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was Nels Wilson. So we had quite a, we had quite a bunch taking part in the, in the Indian tournament here. I think it was 41 jumpers took part in class A and B. We had two classes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, and that's pretty good for a tournament. What? Yes. In just a short time. Who are the winners? No. I was the winner. You were the winner? Yeah. Class A? Class A. So that made you effectively the Canadian champion? Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's what I got the medal for. That's great, yeah. Well, um, 
When was the ski jump on Connor Hill built? The first one was built in 1912. And that's when it was built, built for the Edward Tree. There were eight of us. Did you get had, any financial assistance from the city to build it? Or? Yes, we got poles from the city. Poles, but you had, had, had a bunch of uh, poles that was uh, that was crooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they couldn't use them. You had to have a straight pole for mm-hmm. for building, building a line. Did you uh, yourself work on the ski jump? Yes, I, we all worked there. Uh, eight of us. That uh, that was our. Uh, we didn't get paid. We worked for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They all had yeah, eight of us that that uh, started the ski machine and we all donated our labors uh-huh. to build to build that hill. Right. And they didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they gave us these poles for the feet because they couldn't use them. They were they were bent, bent like that. You see, oh, poles oh, are to be straight. Yeah. Yeah. The same with this scaffold here now. I bought them poles from the crews of land. They had taken them there to be crews over, and that some of them, of course, were straight. But these were all crooked. Yeah. And I bought these crooked ones because they. Uh, just the thing we wanted, you see, because they, they don't stand straight, they don't stand on the lean, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Just, see, so that, that come in handy. Right. And we got them pulled for little and nothing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we got, love we bought, we used a lot of two-by-sixes and two-by-fours and boards. And uh, we got lumber from a, from a fellow had a mill out by Tomahawk. You know, west of, south of uh, Lake London. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some dandy lumber heads, boards there, and planks there, two by sixes, 24 foot long, but there are not in them. Mm-hmm. And we had that. I went all around the country to find uh, lumber cheap. Yeah. And this what I located. Huh. Yeah. And <laughs> as I say, uh, it was wonderful lumber. Well, how often did Edmonton hold the Dominion Championship? Well, they only held it the one time. Just the one time. Eh? Yeah, Dominion. Yeah. But, but we had, but we had, uh, we had tournaments here every winter. We had a local tournament and yeah. a, 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 a advertised well, tournament for uh, for outsiders. Yeah, and provincial too. Yeah, I yeah. Guess, eh? yeah, yeah. I guess there's a lot of skiing cameras this time. In, in where? In Cameroon? Cameroon, oh yeah, there was a lot of skiing in Cameroon at that time. There's a lot of Ukraine or uh, Norwegian. Norwegian, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah they were, uh, they took part in every tournament we had in, in England, and they took part in every one they had in Cameroon. I see, yeah. Yeah. Well, how long did you remain active in the ski club? Pardon? How long did you remain active in the ski club? <coughs> About, uh, I guess uh, fifty-five to sixty years. Is that right? Active. Right. Yeah, I've I've been active in the ski club up two years ago. Is that right? Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Of course, the ski jump that was on Connacht was replaced one time. Yeah, the first ski club was uh, the city condemned it because the poles were getting rotten uh-huh. and they had to be torn down. Yeah, what year was that, you know? That was 1924. It was built in 12. Yeah. And it was taken down in, in 24. In 24. Yes. 
and uh, we sold the sold the poles and uh, the lumbers and used the shoulder to uh-huh. people who lived in Yeah, and you built the new ski jump on the same site, though, did you? Same site, yeah, yeah. 1936. Oh, yeah. oh, I see. So there's a 12-year period when you didn't have a ski. That's right, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, we didn't have no... We used to hill out in the highlands, cross in the highland road course. Yeah. Oh, I see, yeah. On, on the south side of the river. Uh-huh. Yeah, we used that hill. Yeah. And they also used to hill the... Uh, uh, west of the ski club there, we called the, uh, huh, I forget the name. Anyway, there was a, just alongside of the one with the, the third hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we used that a couple of years for tournaments. But uh, as I say, that scaffold there now, then there's in 1936. Okay. And, uh, I guess it's not going to be there too much longer, though. No, they're talking about taking it down now because they don't use it very often, do they? Yeah. But, um, okay, aside from the Dominion Championship in 1915, you yourself won several other tournaments, didn't you? Oh, yes, yes. I won, I won, I won tournaments in, in, in one category, once in Banff and Riverstoke. Provincial Championship? I, I didn't win the one in Riverstoke. I was, I come second, then Nelson won the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was the uh, Dominion meet mm-hmm. in Riverstoke. Right. Yeah. <coughs> well, judging by the way that skiing has developed since you began, oh yeah, it's yeah. really it's sure has a, a popular thing in the West. Yeah. Well, you worked for the uh, getting back to your occupational life. Now you worked uh, for the Edmonton Transit System for upwards to forty years. Forty-five years I worked for the Edmonton yeah. Transit System. Mm-hmm. And you were a resident in Edmonton. That was a, a job straight through. You were a resident in Edmonton all this time. Yeah, all this time. Well, you've certainly seen many changes uh, in the city as a whole over the years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we've seen a lot of changes here. Yeah. There was there was all streetcars here when I come here in 1910. Mm-hmm. No, no, no buses at all. No buses at all. No. You must have been too far, didn't you? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mr. Hogan, as I said, it's certainly been a very interesting uh, life you've had. It's been a very interesting interview. Yeah, well, I... So, uh, on behalf of the City of Edmonton Archives, I'd like to, you know, thank you very much for giving this to us. Uh, oh. We hope future researchers of the sport in Edmonton will get a great deal out of yeah, well, the interview. Yeah, thank you very much for coming out. This material is a digitized audio recording from the holdings of the City of Edmonton Archives. For more information regarding the recording, please contact us by email at cms.archives at edmonton.ca, by phone at 780-496-8711, or on our online catalog at cityarchives.edmonton.ca.